Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. This is John Burke. With me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And this week, in honor of The Mummy coming to theaters on uh, June 9th, which everybody, everybody needs to go and see um, with gusto, uh, let's let's help Tom Cruise have his biggest uh, opening weekend in his cinema history. Um, Wait, is that your pick? It might yep. be my pick. I don't mm-hmm. know. My memory's a little fuzzy, but mm-hmm. it, it's okay if it doesn't do well because I don't know if you've seen, but the last thing I saw was this morning was Wonder Woman's already got two hundred million worldwide. So, I um, think I'm doing pretty well with Wonder Woman. Mm. You fit it into the podcast, you bastard. But, <laughs> um, so. Uh, this week, our topic um, is going to be our favorite Tom Cruise movies, which is interesting for this podcast um, because I think we have at least two very different opinions of Tom Cruise. I can't help but love the guy in everything I've seen him in. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Scientology everything? magic or what, but everything uh, I've seen him in. I didn't say the movies were all good, but I tend to okay. like him in, and I have avoided many of his movies. Um, which we'll we'll get into when we get into our top five. Well, my top five was relatively easy because I have not seen several of his films. Um, Corey had this a similar problem, but for different reasons. And Corey, why is that? I don't want to. I don't know no, how to explain this. To I don't think that he's not a good actor, but I actively avoid him. I think it's because he was so crazy for so long, and I just can't separate it. And also, in my defense, a lot of his movies are not things that I'm particularly interested in. I don't watch a lot of action movies. I don't, like, you know what I mean? I, I so, do. No, and again, I, I don't think this isn't a, a topic that I'm going to get, like, heated on. Um, oh, no. I'm actually, I don't know what it is about him that I'm drawn to. Like, I started, I watched The War of the Worlds today, which is a Steven Spielberg film um, from 2005 with Dakota Fanning and the kid from the Dragon Ball Z live action adaptation. Um he played Goku and uh and Tim Robbins playing okay just I don't know something's happened to Tim Robbins late in his career where he plays some weird roles and this is one of them um but it's a Spielberg movie and I avoided it for you know I guess 12 years uh because I just finally watched it today um not because of Spielberg because it, it just didn't look like it would be very good it looked like it might be cheesy and I have to say, um, I was surprised because the Metacritic score on it's high. It's in the 70s, I think. Um, and so I went in kind of like not sure what to expect. And I liked it for the most part. But I was immediately drawn into Tom Cruise. Even He's playing kind of a jerk in this movie, which isn't... I mean, he's played a jerk before, but in particular, he's playing a jerk with um, like how he treats his kids. And, you know, you don't really get exactly why he's the way he is, but he's, you know, there's just he's selfish and um i still was like drawn into his character like he just he's something about his presence on screen i generally i generally find enjoyable not now again as mike pointed out earlier you gotta be careful with hyperbole i don't know i can't think of a performance of his where i was completely taken out um 
and didn't like it. Uh, but it doesn't mean there isn't one. I might think of one while we're sitting here talking or maybe on one of our lists. But now I like him. Corey doesn't, um, even though she can't explain it. Um, Mike, where do you stand on the Tom Cruise uh, conflict? Now we, because I, I, there's the two phases, the <laughs> pre-Katie pre Holmes and post-Katie Holmes. So I think pre-Katie Holmes, I was a much more accepting, but since he ruined Katie Holmes for the rest of us, <laughs> um, then I kind of was not nearly as forgiving. But I mean, did he ruin her in terms of like, you could never he, be with her because she's been with him or like, well, yeah, I mean, okay. clearly had she met me first. Well, yeah, no saying, no, no question, but. Yeah. Um, of course, you would have been taken, so that you know, no good. But my, uh, my wife knows. She oh. understands. Oh, she's on the, the list. <laughs> Did you laminate the list? Just... <laughs> Shoot. Let's go. If we're, that's a whole different topic. Oh, okay. Yeah. List. Let's let's do that later. Um. Okay. So, <laughs> you you are like now. Was he already in Scientology when he married Katie Holmes, or was that after? I think so. I was so. doing some research today, and apparently, oh. his first wife, Mimi Rogers. Introduced him. him to Scientology. Yeah, yeah. Well, See, wait. I mean, he was spellcasting on Oprah when he was with Katie, so he was clearly already. Okay, so I didn't realize there was a wife before Nicole Kidman. So, oh, I didn't until I was researching today. Okay. I was. Jeez, man, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know Tom Cruise. Uh, we were babies when I'm he was sure married that to was the first. I was born. <laughs> yeah, because so, I saw my mom was wait, probably wait, wait, like we twelve. Forget, we, we ignore everything that was before we were born. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it's not ignoring. Just... No. I honestly did not know until today about uh, Nicole I mean, Kidman. I don't think. Yeah, you didn't know about Nicole Kidman before. I didn't know anything oh, okay. about before Nicole Kidman. See, I remember and they seeing... were always like the media darlings. They, they were, were everywhere because my mother read those stupid tabloids. Like, yes, and like the pop culture magazines and stuff. Well, see, I saw Days of Thunder when I was eight years old, and um, that's <laughs> that's the first movie that they did together, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then they started, they got, they hooked up, I think from that movie. I'm not a hundred percent cause I was, again, I was eight. Um, Seems right. but then they did far and away like a year later together. And then they did a few movies together. They did, I think their last film they did together was eyes wide shut. The last Stanley Kubrick film. And, um, and then they're not together. Then he, I remember the Katie Holmes Oprah Winfrey thing because he jumped up on the couch and everyone kind of got freaked out by the guy. He went nuts. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, he went a little crazy, and then, uh, man, my brain went dead for a second, but, um, and then he's been with another, I, I don't think he's married again, but he's been with, like, two other people, I think, since that all Scientology-related, because I, I watched, I think it was Going Clear, um, the documentary that mentioned his, like, how the Scientology were, like, setting him up with women, because he is kind of the, the main spokesperson, essentially, for Scientology. So we should probably not talk too much about Scientology because I don't want to bring the heat. But, you know. Um. Um, but I need to tell you, when I went to Seattle, it's so funny because right when you get off of your plane and you're like, before you even exit the um, airport, you know, they are like all standing there trying to kind of recruit you and introduce you to Scientology really? and hand you pamphlets and have conversations. And I was very confused. So I, I don't know. want to be a Scientologist. Because well, they're, they're, uh, <laughs> one of the Scientology headquarters is in Clearwater um, down here in Florida. So, you know, that's why I got to be careful. I, 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 they were in the mall. 
one day. You know, they're in I'm staying silent because you guys are going to be the targets. Oh, there's... crap. Well, uh, and the Illuminati. I'd like to Beyonce. point out that you, just, you keep talking. You're like, well, we're not going to bring the heat. Yeah, I've, I've given talking. I've given no commentary on my opinion of that church. Just saying, you know, we're not forget, rich enough just, to be a part they, of it. Okay, that is also just, true. They don't care. They do not. Care. I mean, now now you got me in a <laughs> like boys in the hood. <laughs> after all of us. Oh no! I'm, if I'm going down, you're coming down with me, Mike. All right. <laughs> no. So, if you haven't caught on, we we are going to be talking about our favorite top, um, top five Tom Cruise movies this week. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I get to go first for this uh, episode. Um, Who's second? Who is second? Who's your number two? I'm guessing... If Mike wants to go, he can go. I guess we'll go that route. I, can go. I guess I'll go. Um, so... Uh, we're going to be going through our list, and if you've never listened to this podcast before, here's how it works. Um, we have each made our top five list in secret, and we will be going through from five to one um, and discussing our favorites of Tom Cruise. Now, because the, the probability of overlap is very big on this one, I want to remind all of us and the listeners that if I go to, say, my number five, and one of the other two have it on their list somewhere else, they will stop me. And we will wait to talk about the movie until it gets to their uh, on their list, um, so we don't have redundancy within the conversation. Um, so you guys remember that rule. And yes, um, before we get into my list, which I'll be starting this week, Corey has a message for it. We are probably going to ruin some of these movies for you. If you want to check out our list first at brookreviews.com, you can do so. Or if you like spoilers, you can listen straight ahead. And also. Oh, I mean, yes. how, how, oh. Much more, how much more can we ruin it? You know, Tom Cruise is in it. But anyway, um, how much overlap do you all think you'll have with me? I'm altering the deal. Yeah. Darth Vadering it. How many overlaps? So how many on my list will be on your list? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go two. I'm going three. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm going two. Corey went three. Um. I'm going five for me. Oh, crap. That's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) You know your list. Uh, Mike wins. Oh, no. All right. So, my number five, we're going back uh, to when I was a wee baby. I was only six years old, and I literally saw this in the theater. Um, Rain Man, 1988. Um, Okay. I figured that would be on someone's list. Oh, it's on on both your lists? Definitely definitely an overlap. Not for for me. Oh, okay. Oh, not for Mike. Okay. Um, All right. And you know what, Strike though? one. When I picked two, that was not one of the ones I thought would be on your list, so I'm, I'm happy. Oh. oh. All right. Um, well, so I will be talking about Rain Man whenever we get to Corey's uh, position for Rain Man. So with that, we'll go to Mike's number five. <coughs> I'm going deep back in his film history catalog. What got? Um, this was his role immediately after his appearance in Endless Love as I think it was a named character, Billy. So Endless Love, like he was like blinking you miss it, I think, if I recall. He wasn't he wasn't one of the main characters. Um and he played a character called Cadet Captain David Sean in 1981's Taps. Okay. Uh and Taps basically the general gist of the story is uh, Bunker Hill Military Academy, which I'm figuring is a fictional place. it looks like it was an actual building and whatnot but i don't believe it was actual academy or at least the name of it um it's set to be shuttered in order to make way for real estate development 
uh, unfortunately, because of something that happens, a really unfortunate turn of events, the uh, a local teen, some of the townies kind of are always mocking the military academy students. And so as they're having, um, I want to say it's a cotillion, but I don't think that's the right term. But they're basically having a dance and they're just kind of egging the, 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 the cadets on. And so they get ready. They're about and they have an altercation amongst themselves. And he is shot by the bullet for whatever reason. The brigadier, the headmaster, brigadier general of the school had uh, chambered around in his pistol. And so that aggravates the, the situation that's already happening because they're going to be closing the academy. Um, so, I mean, it, it basically goes on from there where it becomes a standoff between the cadets and then originally their parents and the authorities because they kind of um, hunker down, they dig in, and they don't want to leave the academy. Um, the Brigadier General is played by uh, George C. Scott. He's really good. He, he's perfect for the role. Uh, but he's not in it very long because immediately after that happens, um, he has a, heart, a massive heart attack, and so it's almost as if the school's dying with along with him, um, and not mm-hmm. only because of the profits. Um, uh, it, it really the, it clicked with me as a teen. I think I probably really took it as a being based on a factual story at the time, which. Uh, let's see, it came out in 81. Um, I don't think I saw it when I was eight, so let's say I was still a teen. Okay. But uh, what's it come in with? It's got a 75% fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.7 IMDb score, a 49 Metascore, so it's really kind of uneven depending on the score. But uh, Timothy Hutton, George C. Scott, Sean Penn, uh, Tom Cruise, trying to think of any others uh those were the bigger names that i remember but at the time they were huge stars yeah this is an early Uh, film um i've never seen taps um and i never heard of it no no i I didn't say heard of it i've heard of it i've never seen it um but um is this one like have you seen it a lot or just a few times um i've seen it at least five or six times okay so it's it's a movie like if it's on you'd watch it kind of thing yeah, I would probably put it on. Uh, it's it's tougher to find. I don't uh, I don't own a copy myself. It was definitely on cable and obviously the VHS rentals. Um, <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day, laser discs. Um, didn't have that actually. I didn't have a player. Most people. Do. Um, I, I knew some people, one or two, but their collections were very small. As in. They didn't have many, and the discs were huge, but anyway. All right. Well, that's Taps. Corey, I assume you're in the same boat as I am, that you've not seen this movie? Not, at least since I was little. Ah. I can't. Yeah. Well, I am. I mean, I guess there is a chance I saw it as a kid and just don't remember it, but I don't think so. Um, All right. It stood out. I mean, it really stood out, especially near the ending, because it's uh, just what ends up happening. And he isn't one of the main characters, he's a supporting character, so that's the other thing. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, that is Mike's number five, uh, Taps. Corey, what is your number five? Okay, so, full disclosure, a lot of the movies on my list I've seen one time. Mm-hmm. Or a couple of them I haven't seen for a long time. So, number five is 2013's Oblivion. Okay. 
and it's one of the ones that I've only seen once, and I did see it in theaters, but I enjoyed it. Um, he, I, um, words. <laughs> <laughs> he like, and I can't think of proper terms right now, but he's kind of on a base, and he's protecting, um, they're harvesting, harvesting energy from the Earth's oceans, and humankind is living on Saturn, and he's kind of protecting those, um, machines that are harvesting the water, and... He doesn't have his memories, although he has flashbacks of things he can't remember. Um, I don't really know what to say about this movie. Well, yeah, it sounds like I you're asking it. questions every time you say something. Yes, I know. I'm like, I don't know how to describe this movie, and I only um, saw it once, and I enjoyed it. Um, hmm. it has Morgan Freeman. Freeman, and yeah. also Andrea Riseborough. Um, Olga, uh, Andrea oh. Riseborough. And Nicola, is it Nicola Coster Waldo? Waldo, yeah, who is uh, Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. Ew, and he was in That's Mama. That's his real name. Yep. I yeah. Oh, and Tarantino, Tarantino regular Zoe Bell, uh, Zoe Bell is in this as well. Um, she's in Django she's in that too. Yeah, apparently, I don't remember much of this movie. I, um, I, I did see it. Uh, I I watched it a couple years ago. Um. Maybe I'm pretty sure I watched it a couple years ago. I think I watched it before the challenge, but I do own it. Um, I don't remember if I got it on sale or what, but um, I liked it, but I don't remember it well enough. That's why it's not on my list. <laughs> Sounds like you don't remember it too well, which but I don't I, either. But guys, I told you I haven't seen a lot of <laughs> Tom Cruise movies, and that's okay. Um, you saw this five, hard for me. and that's what matters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's one that it has a 54 Metacritic, and then. Uh, a seven user, I think that's gonna definitely be a more <laughs> of a user like movie where it's your average, um, sorry, IMDb user score. Um, it's gonna be a more of a, a fan, like a casual film fan type movie. It's got a lot of action. The sci-fi looks pretty cool. It's got Morgan Freeman, so you're gonna be like, oh, Morgan Freeman. Um, and yeah. Um, it's directed by Joseph Kaczynski, um, who also did the Tron sequel, and. and- Oh, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Um, um, I'm pretty sure that he wrote a book or something first oh, okay. on this movie. Well, and I think that it might have been unreleased, but I'm not sure. This this director, Tom Cruise, must like, though, because I don't know if you guys have heard, but there is a rumor that they're doing a Top Gun sequel um, where Maverick will be the main character and it will be played by Tom Cruise. Maverick. Um, oh. <laughs> and he's rumored to be the director for that, although it's just a rumor. Um, he's also apparently there's a Gran Turismo movie. I don't know if it's based on the video game coming out. Um, oh, but Mike, interesting, bad. he directed the 2014 Destiny trailer. Really? Yeah, like the video game Destiny, the game that you. And I was going to say the video game, and then I felt dumb. Big fans of. Um, no, you're not dumb for that. Um, but yeah, so um, that's Oblivion. Uh, Mike, have you seen Oblivion? Barely. I don't think I watched the whole thing through. I. I mm. I just know he was in it. I don't even remember Zoe Bell. That's how little I know about it. Yeah, I um, I remember thinking it was kind of cool. Uh, there's a weird twist ending because it's a sci-fi movie. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't remember a whole lot. I remember there's like the, the the humans. There are humans living on Earth hiding underground. I remember that there are multiple Tom Cruises, and they're all told they can only be in this one sector, and everything else is like will kill you. But there's a Tom Cruise in every sector, and um, 
like that's that's a cool like you know they play on that a bit but it's it's still like it's kind of not there like it doesn't it did not stick um it was an interesting movie but yeah you know there it is not that interesting it's uh, probably a good choice to call it oblivion because it seems to have faded into it yep you know hey it can be on your list um because again it's all about your enjoyment of the movie and i do think it was an enjoyable film but it is weird that it seems to have escaped all of our memories um, with a lot of details. I was going to say enjoy- <laughs> enjoyable, however, not necessarily memorable. I felt like it was fun to see in the movie theater, for sure. And I think mm. that it was an IMAX. I but... definitely would think it would be an IMAX. It definitely, the visuals in the movie are pretty stunning, so an right. IMAX would have awesome. been good. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's Corey's number five, uh, a movie that apparently most of us have forgotten. Um, we'll go to oh, no. my number four. Um, let's see if they've seen this one. I don't think you guys have. Uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Nope. I don't remember watching that one. That is the fifth in the installment of the franchise, um, with the sixth <laughs> one supposed to be on the way. And yeah, it's my favorite. Um, I gotta say, though, to this is our best Tom Cruise. And while I like Tom Cruise in this movie, I love Simon Pegg in this movie so much um, that it, it made it my favorite of the franchise. Now, I gotta say, I've not seen three uh, as in Mission Impossible 3 at all. Like, I've, I don't think I've seen anything except for clips on YouTube. Um, and that one has Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain and J.J. Abrams directed um, and re- revitalized the franchise. But I've not seen the third one. Um, the second one put a pretty MTV sour taste in my mouth. Like, uh, I did like the Limp Biscuit take on the uh, Mission Impossible theme song because at the time I was still a Limp Biscuit fan. And uh, the first one I find boring now. I can't make it through the movie. It's really, really slow. Um, and that's where JJ's influence, I believe, happened in the third movie is that they picked up the uh, the action. They make it more of an action movie than the old traditional slow spy action movie. And uh, Ghost Protocol was great. And that was I was torn between putting Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation on this list. I didn't want to have two Mission Impossible movies on my list. I'm a little, little bit of a spoiler there about my list. But I went with Rogue Nation um, because... Um, I went and saw this in IMAX with my daughter, and we both had a really good time. Um, it has a 75 on Metacritic, actually, which I'm imp- surprised oh. to see, um, and a 7.4 on uh, the user IMDb score, which, again, is a good sign of a movie. Kind of, It works for the audience, but it also works on many levels for writing. Um, it stars Jeremy Renner, uh, Tom Cruise, Simon Pegg, um, Rebecca Ferguson, Ving Rhames, um, and that's... Most of the people that I recognize, I'm looking to see if there's somebody. Oh, Alec Baldwin's in it too, and he's pretty funny. Um, in his moments, if I recall correctly, and uh, much like what Mike had said, or not what Mike had said, what Corey had said, I saw this one time. I saw this in the theater, um, and I remember ha- having a really good time. Um, I remember there's a few moments that uh, seemed somewhat impossible, but hey, that's the name of the movie. And um, <laughs> there was a part though where uh, Tom Cruise essentially dies or ethan hunt dies and is brought back like through like you know regular means like cpr that kind of thing and um so he's very out of it when he comes to like he's like wobbly but he's still he knows that he has to move and uh it, it's it's just funny because you have these expectations of ethan hunt this super spy who does no wrong and like he goes to slide across the hood of the car and just messes up and falls down and um, oh. he's driving and Simon Pegg's like, should you be driving? And he's like, I got this. And then he's, he doesn't have this and Simon Pegg's freaking out. It's great. Um, and that, that's the movie. Like there's some really great moments. There's some really great spy moments. 
it's it, if you've seen a Mission Impossible movie, you know there's going to be a double cross. That seems to always happen um, in the spy films in general. Uh, you never know exactly who's working for who and why they're doing this and whatever. But that's the, the, the ride. And through the course of the film, you'll find out. And it's enjoyable. Um, it's definitely got some really great action pieces. Uh, Tom Cruise, if, you, if there's anything that you know about him as an actor, he does his own stunts. Um, so there's a lot of hype about that. There was one where uh, he's hanging on the side of an airplane that is actually taking off. Uh, now, granted, he oh. has wires and all that. He's not. Uh, he's not just like you know freeform in this, but nonetheless, yeah. he's doing it, and he does not have to. Like Tom Cruise could never do a stunt, and they would still give him the money they give him. And that's one of the things I really like about him um, in general. Is while we we can say he's crazy and whatever, he is passionate about making movies, and I love that. As a person who loves movies, um, I like knowing that he loves making movies because then you have the counter of like Bruce Willis, who for a long time everyone said hates making movies. He does it because it's his job and he has to do it to make money. And I, I hate that <laughs> because I think you see the difference. Like Tom Cruise generally, even when he's being a jerk, he looks like he's having the time of his life being Tom Cruise. And while you can hate someone for that, I kind of I'm envious, but in a, in a positive way. I'm just like, man, that guy, he loves that he's doing this and that's awesome. Hmm. Trying to think. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's enough because I liked the original Mission Impossible. I did when I saw it the first time. Like I saw it in theaters, and I liked it the first time. Now I just feel like it's really slow. Like it just drags. Like they they could have trimmed off at least fifteen twenty minutes off of that movie, and it would be better. Um. And that it was long. Yeah, and it, it might be my our sensibilities have changed of what you know what makes a movie slow but then again i can watch you know vertigo which is an you know obviously anytime you bring up a hitchcock movie most people are just like yeah but there are scenes where he's just driving like minute long sequences of him driving and it doesn't bother me yeah. but mission impossible it does um when i tried i tried to rewatch it getting ready for rogue nation and i was just like nope i, I can't sit through the first one again I, I just can't the second one it ups the tempo but it goes real ridiculous like it, it goes like there's a motorcycle like like battle off like they play chicken on motorcycle it was it was a bit too much um and then oh <laughs> that's right i remember that cuz yeah and the, they stop on their front wheels yes yep um and it was it felt like an MTV movie you know like how it just everything was like real loud and even adding like limp biscuit it like while i liked the song pulling in like all these really big like modern like edgy type elements even Cruz having like really long hair in that one um, they, they just felt like they were trying real hard to be cool. Um, long hair cruise is edgy. That's yeah, a meme right there. It should be. <laughs> um, and the, uh, the third one, I just had lost interest, so I didn't see it. And it wasn't until years later that I heard it was any good. And I slept on ghost protocol too. Um, even though if I remember correctly, I think they were showing a like five minute opening sequence of, um, the dark Knight rises. If you went and saw ghost protocol at the IMAX theaters, cause um, Nolan was hyping the IMAX element. Um, and I'm not, I think it was Ghost Protocol. That's what they did. I know they had some special things. So, like, all of my friends went to see Ghost Protocol and IMAX. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done with Mission Impossible. And it wasn't until it came out on DVD that I finally watched Ghost Protocol. And I really liked it. And I was like, oh, man, I was totally wrong on this movie. It's really good. And that's why I went to see Rogue Nation in the theater and was very happy. So, that's why it's on my list. Hmm. All right. Um, and neither of you saw it, so we'll move into no. uh, <laughs> Mike's number four. All right. Um, 
It's for me. It's really tough to resist anything done by Cameron Crowe unless it's almost famous, which for some reason I still haven't watched. I don't understand that. So, <laughs> this one for me is a favorite. 1996's Jerry Maguire. Ah. Uh, no one else. I have not sat through this entire movie. I've only seen. I've seen really? a lot of scenes, but. And you're the Tom Cruise fan. But but okay, but but uh, in my defense, this was my freshman year of high school, and I was very much against like romances and dramas in general as i um i don't know i dramas made me anything that would that could potentially make me sad i avoided when it came to film and I've, i focused on comedies and action um and and sci-fi you know but generally sci-fi action that kind of stuff so um that's why i have a not big, gonna do what well, see, you think i'm gonna do and why i haven't watched it now is I've seen all of those major scenes, <laughs> so I don't feel compelled to watch the whole movie. I'm like, I'm just it's just going to be connecting dots between scenes for me because I've seen the, I've seen that scene, hmm. I've seen the scene with you know, show me the money. I've seen you. Have you seen the scene against the wall? I, I don't think so. Oh, then you've missed out. Okay, is I can't even describe it. It's not family friendly. Oh, oh. Um, well, so but there. I've seen when he I goes to get her at the end, um, and I've seen his his meeting the the child, her son. Um, so like I've seen those clips, and of course, there's tons. Like this movie's full of quotable lines, so I've heard yeah, them all. Uh, it, that's and that's what it is. It's, well, and I do like Cameron Crowe, and I think I'm not the only one. I mean, look at the numbers here: eighty-two percent mm-hmm. fresh, seven point three IMDb, seventy-seven meta score. I mean, it's. To me, uh, it does have that feeling that that typical, ooh, we're going to break the corporate mode of thinking and we're going to go out on a limb and he does that. And then, you know, everybody applauds him for it. And it's great until it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it. And then he's let loose. I mean, at that point, he is no longer a sports agent with this huge company. And it's really interesting because usually I would figure that's kind of businesses. Because I'm guessing, you know, the... The gist of it and the whole setup on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, I mean, well, for anybody that doesn't, I mean, he's a sports agent with a pretty big agency handling a, a bunch of different clients as they want to do. And I figure, though, I figure legally there would probably be a no. Um, but he couldn't take the, clients from. No con- yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. No contest. Go, go ahead, Corey. I was going to say no contest. It's some, no, it, uh, it's something like that. Non-competitive clause or something like non-com- that. Yeah, that's it. Non-competition, yeah. non-competition clause. Um, so I'd figure, but anyway, beyond the legalese of it, he because he basically ends up poaching. He tries to get uh, the Jerry O'Connell quarterback, but ends up with Cuba Gooding Jr. And you know, you get that classic line, and this uh, this is, I think, his peak for Cuba Gooding Jr. And then he falls off because what did he do that cruise movie? Out to Not sea, Tom Cruise, but yeah, I, I want to say that was the next one after, and it just uh, and never quite. Uh, um, he's made a couple actually recently. Oh, that yeah, he's done. He he got a lot of buzz this year for the O.J. Simpson miniseries. Um, True. Wow. Yeah, I that was that was riveting to me. Um, but and the fact that it's a romantic comedy, mostly, and that's because that's not typically my fare either. But there was something that appealed to me with it. Um, it's uh, and. Yeah, I'm really, I'm fond of, uh, gosh, it went. Nate Waker? Yes, thank you. Her name escaped me because I wanted to mix her up with Joy Lauren Adams, and she is not Joy yeah, Lauren Adams. Yeah, no, but I get that comparison, um, actually. 
close, very close, not exactly. And they were both in Dazed and Confused, I believe. Like one was in oh. it for a lot more longer than the other, if I recall. Anyway, I might I'd be wrong about that. Um, it seems a little trite. I mean, and it, but again, Cameron Crowe, and that I think what is what worked and say anything for me and those throwaway lines. Not throwaway because they stick. I mean, you don't hear people saying, uh, show me the money a whole lot anymore, but it, some of those lines were very memorable. A lot of them were very memorable. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I felt it was much more than the sum of its parts. And for me, it had me long before he said hello. Oh, uh, Corey, you, you have seen this. Yes, not in a long, 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 long time. But only one time probably, she said. No, my mom liked this one a lot. Um, I like I remember the gist of the movie, but I don't remember particulars really. Well, she you... doesn't remember the wall scene either. Mm-mm. And you nope. clearly didn't like. Wasn't it this with Haley Joel Osment too? No, 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 no. No, who's the no. kid in this? Um, he is. Hold on, I I don't. I will pull up. He didn't do much else. Um, if I recall nope. correctly, this was That's his right. one movie. Um, what was his name? In the movie, oh, it's Boyd. Okay, um, Jonathan Lipnicki. That's it, Jonathan Lipnicki. Oh, he was Stuart that Little. Kid. That's he was right. In that the Stuart kid. Little movie, he had the glasses. Kid. He was a cutie, right? Yep. Yes. And then he grew up, and nobody hired him. Um. Yep. He because he ditched the glasses. He did ditch the glasses. Um. I'm not seeing anything he... big. He is still acting though. Um. Oh, he's in Badass Two, Badasses with Danny Trejo <laughs> and Donald Glover. Um. That's that totally makes sense because you know I could see. <laughs> yeah, I know. I couldn't resist saying that one out loud. Um, yeah, he hasn't done anything really. Uh, like he was in Like Mike. He was in Stuart Little one and two, three episodes of Dawson's Creek. Um, and he was in Doctor really? Doolittle. Yeah, apparently he was in three episodes as Buzz Thompson. Um, and yeah, and Jerry Maguire was his breakout performance, which he got a lot of praise for that performance. But then again, like he didn't do much after that. Um, apparently he's still yeah. acting though, so good for him because that's you know. Yeah, he has a lot of work. Yep. Not... Is he still playing little kids that talk about brains? No, that would be <laughs> weird. Um, oh, now he just eats mind. brains. All right. Now he does what? Eats them, the brains. Wow. He's a zombie brains, brains, on Walking brains. Dead. Um, he, they're doing Return of the Living Dead number two. Uh, no, number six. I don't know how I many. I say are. it's way up there. Um. All right. Let's get into uh, Corey's number four. I'm always glad you can keep up with who's next, because... Okay, so this one, again, I've only seen it once. And I'm also going to say that I love the book so much. Um, It's The Outsiders from 1983. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Okay. Not for me. We're stopping for Mike. No, I figured for Mike. Okay. So there's overlap there. Um, That's number one, the first overlap that we've had with Mike. All right, so we'll go to my number three. And we're going not too far back. Um, in time, and so we're going not too far back in time, um, and we're going not too oh, far back in time. I, oh. We're going to 2014's Edge of Tomorrow. Really? Neither of you? I hated Honorable that mention. movie. Oh. Honorable mention. How could you hate that movie? Yeah, it's I so hated great. it because it's the same scene over and over and over again, and after like the 20th time, I'm just done, because why? Uh, Groundhog Day. Did you watch Groundhog? <laughs> yeah, like yes. At least that has Bill Murray in it. That is true. That's why it's better. But um, Edge of Tomorrow, 2014. Although it is also billed as Live Die Repeat, depending on where you look. So I'm calling it both. Um, I didn't watch this until last year. Um, I 
I wanted to see it in the theater. I just didn't make it to it. Um, it stars Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, um, Bill Paxton, um, oh, rest in peace, uh, Brendan Gleeson, and there's a couple other people I thought. Hold on. Oh, um, Franz Dramay. I, I mentioned him once before because he is in Attack the Block and he is in uh, Legends of Tomorrow on uh, CW. Um, and I think that's about the oh, gist yeah, yeah. of the big names. Um, I'm not sure if I'm losing anybody here. But um, if you haven't seen it, this is a futuristic sci-fi film um, where these aliens have taken over and they're basically just recruiting everybody into fighting, if I recall correctly. And Tom Cruise's character, who is not a soldier, um, or at least doesn't want to be a soldier, is in there. And somehow he gets uh, this power from the aliens where he's now able to, when he dies, he just goes back to that same day, Groundhog Day style. And he keeps living in that moment over and over again. And so he dies a lot um but he starts to learn how to be a soldier and he starts it starts simply just knowing where the aliens are going to be and then watching that scene change and it's it's subtle at first as Corey said it's pretty much watching the same scene over and over again but it's it's subtle nuance changes that if you're paying attention um i found made it enjoyable and um there's some really great action sequences emily blunt's a freaking awesome in this movie she's so powerful and strong and uh, it really set her up really well for Sicario, um, where you know she proved she could do action roles, and it doesn't have to just be you know like playing a princess or the sister of a princess or whatever. Um, she's really great in this movie. Um, I, I liked it a whole lot. I am definitely having only seen it once, which is going to be a pretty big. In fact, with the exception of my number five, Rain Man, I think I've only seen every movie on my list once. Um, so. Yeah, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, it's a really cool action movie. Um, you know, it's got, like, a repeated formula. But it's, I think, the first time I'd seen the Groundhog Day formula applied to an action movie as opposed to comedies, which is where I've seen it mainly used in the past. Um, and technically, it's action sci-fi. But Oh, and I think you're leaving out a very important part of it. I think Corey neglects to recall... You get to see Tom Cruise die over and over <laughs> and over true. again. <laughs> Just That's kidding. why it should be on your list. Which <laughs> it's on my honorable mention. Which it is, I think, one of the rare movies where he does die. Um, so yeah, it definitely could have been. Um, and so much, and it could have been my number one. It's glorious, being that it was post Katie Holmes. But tainting uh, time. I didn't mention it does have a seventy-one Metacritic and a seven point nine on IMDb. Um, I, I think I might have given it the must-see rating, or it, at the very least, it was not quite golden. I do wish I remembered more of it, but I, I did enjoy it. And that's, I think, you know, when it comes to these movies, that seems to be the trend for me, is I, I really enjoy them. Although I haven't got to talk about Rain Man just yet. Um, it is, uh, for the most part, that's I, I enjoy these films. And I enjoy Tom Cruise in these films. So, that is my and number the other, three. Uh, and I, see, I was late on the boat with that one. Uh, being Me too. Doug Lyman, and I should have. Oh, uh, yes. I didn't mention that, but yeah, directed by Doug Lyman. Yeah. He's awesome. Yep. I wish I had seen this in the theater. Um, and this is one I, I do actually want to rewatch, though. Like, some of the. Like, I don't own Rogue Nation, although I could see rewatching that one. Um, Edge of Tomorrow is definitely one that I would be uh, up to rewatch if it were on, because I did have a good time watching it. Although, I might find out that, like Corey said, Watching everything repeat once might be enough. You know, maybe watching it again would just be like, okay, now I've seen this way too many times. So, 
Although I've seen Groundhog Day a whole lot, so I'm not sure if that's true. But like you said, Bill Murray. So yes, that's my number three. Tom, Cru- Tom Cruise dying lots. <laughs> Tom Cruise dying lots, which man, um, <laughs> Mike, you have. Um, we sound like horrible people. It, it's a little much. <laughs> um, hey, hey, you know we got to reach those people that aren't the Tom Cruise fans. It's true. Everybody loves Tom Cruise as much as Burke does over here. Well, yeah, he's enjoyable. Um. All right, then you two. Uh, it's Mike's turn for number three. What do you got? All right. Um, let me give. Up, I'm going to start with some numbers because I was a little surprising. Because uh, I was surprised on my pick here. Uh, 66 fresh rating, 7.7 IMDb rating, 55 Metascore. I'd like to jokingly refer to as this uh, as Dances with Samurai. Oh. Um. Oh no, no one. No I one? saw this one when it came out on VHS. And I've only seen it once, like all the other movies, so I didn't put it on my list because I don't remember it. I remember liking um, it, but I remember almost nothing um, other than, hey, Tom Cruise is a samurai. Hey, Tom Cruise. Um, so, uh, you know, not quite a factual historical drama, but, I mean, it's set, and you could definitely buy it. I definitely dove into it. I, I was kind of hesitant. I wasn't sure where I was going with it. Um, but it is based on an amalgamation of different stories about different people during the emergence of Japan into modern daytimes and like i said it's easy very easy to dismiss it as say just say dances with samurai uh it hit a chord with me uh ken watanami but wantanabe wantanabe saying the name wrong thank you sir wow uh i just failed on that because this is tom's tom cruise centric show I, I didn't remember all the other people and there's there's actually the oh, there's a bunch of other casts that really hit it right um but just seeing the fact that because he's uh, a civil war soldier and that's where the comparison is around the same time it is the same time period as dance with wolves and instead of heading to the frontier he's over in uh, post-feudal japan uh, where they're trying to not be isolated from the western world any longer and that tradition the various the idea of the samurai is on its way out because that's not how uh, military things are, are carried out anymore. And then holding uh, holding on to that tradition, I think um, being pr- proud of it. And it just because I know there's a scene where one of the samurais in his robes and he's humiliated by having his hair cut in in public which is a big deal. Um, and just, uh, hmm. uh, it, it, and then even some of the battle scenes, because though the people they're trading with are trading weapons to the Japanese and because they're making that movement forward, uh, I'm sorry, uh, samurai armor, which is just not going to keep up with a Gatling gun. Oh uh, yeah. That's just, uh, I'm like, wow. Um, you know, and it, it struck it again, just like um, that's the thing. You say which ones hit us? This one hit me, and um, I'll definitely watch it again. I think I've, 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 I don't remember. It's definitely more than a couple of times. And now that John and Abby are older, it's one of those that I'll definitely because it, it's a it's a difficult transition to go from these older traditions yeah. into modernization, and it doesn't always happen very pretty. Yeah, that's one I've been wanting to rewatch. Um, I hope I get I I get to that eventually in the near future. But there's so many movies 
that I haven't seen. So uh, while I ha- like again, I've watched this. It's just been way too long to recall. Um, and I, I there are some um, similarities to Dances with Wolves. That's actually another film I saw. Dances with Wolves at Mugs and Movies um, when I was a kid, and I don't think I've ever seen it again. Um, and that's it's a long movie, so rewatching it is is a chore. Um, but yeah, um, Corey, have you ever seen uh, this movie? No. I it's this is one I I definitely think is worth watching. Um, just again, it's my memory is hazy on it, so couldn't be on my top five. Mm. All right, um, Mike, good pick, Corey. What do you got for number three? I have. Vanilla Sky. Stop. From 2001. I knew it. Yeah. All right. So I like all this lack of overlap with my list. I noticed. I, I was actually expecting to have overlap with you, Mike, for that one. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've only watched bits and pieces of it, and I actually want to watch the original Spanish one. Mm. I want to watch the original Spanish one, but I have seen Vanilla Sky already. So. Um, we'll get to that one in a little bit. We're going to my number two now, since there's overlap with Corey, uh, which I guess that means for Corey's, um, one of Corey's picks is Rain Man coming up. So I'll be talking about that soon. For now, we're going to talk about my number two, which I think is on Mike's list. And that's Top Gun, 1986. Yeah, boy. That's right. I feel the need, the need for speed. And it's on num- my number two pick as well. Oh, perfect. So we'll just jump hey. right into this. And we just had Tom, uh, Top Gun Day the other day, and I watched it that day. Ah, now I was surprised it was a, few, a couple of weekends ago to see that it has a 50 so sorry, Metacritic. Oh yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I showed 56 Rotten rating, 6.9 IMDb rating. I didn't see a Metascore. Metascore, I have as a 50 in front of me, um, which matches what's on the other ones. But it's crazy. It's uh, the number. You know what? You can't. You can't just rely on the numbers oh no no and this is a movie it's a classic well i gotta tell you something mike i watched this for the first time last year um and my my wife made me watch it um and i i didn't think i would like it and i ended up really liking it um and the best part of the movie for me was realizing how many times my friend steve uh, has quoted this movie to me over the years, and I had no idea because I oh, had no. never seen it. <laughs> um, what do you, you think? I just thought he had these really I, I quirky expressions. The quotes, the um, quotes he was saying, and you're like, "Whoa!" What's the one? When with... were you in a negative four G with? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's like the uh, what's the Ghost Rider? Um, Ten four Ghost Rider. Negative Ghost. Negative, negative Ghost, Rider. Ghost Rider. The pattern is that's cool. how he always. Well, okay, he stops at Negative Ghost Rider, but. That's um, how what? he. You got to continue the rest. Well, he uses so it in context. That's what I'm saying. I never knew he was quoting a movie. I just thought it was something he said. Because like, if you'd be like, "What are you, are you uh, coming to the party?" Negative Ghost Rider. Like that was right, what he now, would do. How many, all right. How many times? Sorry, I interrupt you. But how many times did he go? You never close to you, and you're like, um, I lost that loving feeling again. How many? Come on. Nope. None. After uh, a certain amount of times, you should have picked up on him singing you. You've lost that love and feeling. Yeah, it was Making weird, a but pass at you. let's move on. Uh, so the movie stars uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Val Kilmer, Anthony Edwards as Goose, Tom Skerritt, uh, Michael Ironside, who has not yeah. aged, um, and... He's got to deal with someone. Tim Robbins. Scientology. Um, Tim Robbins, yes. Okay, I was going to bring that up because uh, I think that was that the War of the Worlds reunion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally forgot a, a long while. I, I picked up on it, I'm like... 
whoa, homeboy's really tall to be a real. Um, and I always used to say real. I'm like, why are they calling him reals? But it's a something information officers, uh, mm. radar information at Rio. R-I-O. Well, and then Meg Ryan's also in this movie. Um, and that's the gist of the people that are famous. So, um, yeah. So I watched this for the first time last year. And again, I, I noticed a bunch of things. Obviously, I knew the iconic theme song. Um, I even knew their nicknames because a movie I did see as a child was Hot Shots. Um, I actually had Hot Shots <laughs> Part One. And Wait a minute, you knew that one, but you didn't know Top Gun. Yeah, um, I owned Hot Shots That's Part One this. and Two on VHS, and I watched them regularly because I liked um, I liked parody films. I was a big fan of Airplane, and I was a big fan of the Naked Gun franchise as a kid. And so Hot Shots just was like, oh great! And then when Scary Movie came out, same thing. I was like, yay! Although I did see Scream before I saw Scary Movie. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so imagine how many of the jokes in Hot Shots Part 1 I had no clue what they were referencing. I just thought it was funny in the context of the film it was without knowing how funny it would have been had I seen Top Gun. But, yeah, so um, I really enjoyed it, though, and uh, there's some cheesy parts in the movie. It's it's very 80s, right? Um, it is very 80s. But it was, it was a, such a successful Navy recruitment film. Yeah, um, except... The the friend my friend Steve because uh, I talked to him after I watched this because I was like dude I didn't realize how much you quoted this movie <laughs> and he's like <laughs> he's like but the best part about it is that the 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 character that you're supposed to hate Iceman Val Kilmer's character is right every time like he is yeah no he's not wrong <laughs> no but we should love him and Maverick is a jerk and he neglects everything and yet we love him like it's it's such a weird movie because it, it makes it is it is a weird yeah well okay now my other question is how many times did your buddy bite at you bite the air at you? he's like uh, again i don't i don't room. i don't think any um and i'm, I'm not just sure. saying if he's you know gonna go for it <laughs> he should have given you the full top gun experience are you implying that top gun has homosexual themes that are unexplored because what? of the 80s no <laughs> it's not transformer um <laughs> yeah so he just uh, I never. I have to tell you because this one, and that funny. Oddly enough, you mentioned that uh, this was introduced to me by my youth pastor, and you know this was uh, this one platoon. There's a couple others that, uh, but I never picked up on that. And even the whispered because remember we're in the briefing, and they're talking about the flying, mm-hmm. and the one talks to his partner, and it's like <gasps> I never caught that before. I'm like uh, awkward. Yeah, you, you know what they whisper. No, I don't. Do you not remember? Oh, that he's like getting aroused. Oh, huh. In the briefing because of the flight, and they're like, oh, wow. yeah, but I, think, I forget which ones they were. Isn't that just like the excitement about like? Uh, yeah. not the way they talk to each other about it. You need to oh, okay. rewatch that scene, and it's awkward. I'm like, okay. Well, it, and I, mean, I totally missed it before. It, in a way, it's it's kind of like it's good because in modern times now it's you know. Um, in the '80s, homosexuality would have been, you know, very frowned upon. Very like, oh my God, how could you include that in the oh, movie? Oh, this was very. Yeah, out, so, out. it's interesting that it's in there, and it's not a, it's not done in a derogatory way. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like those guys didn't get beat up because they did that. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so interesting that it was a little bit ahead of its time, if that was the intent. Um, although, I don't know. I'm curious. I, I wonder. I mean, I never, I never picked up on it until much later. But, um, Corey, have you seen Top Gun? 
Not that I can remember. Oh. <gasps> she does. I'm just going the like. Need. The need no. for speed. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. <laughs> oh, gosh. Why? We've talked about this so many times. <laughs> but this is this I, one is one I think everyone should give a chance. Well, I do need to check it out. It's just, you know, Kathy loves this movie. Um, And I was like, I don't remember exactly how it was brought up, but she, um, my review for it is on Brick Reviews because it was part of my 366 from last year. Um, but I don't remember exactly when we watched it. I feel like it would have been summertime. And I don't know what like prompted us to watch it. I think something was on TV that we were watching, and I said, oh, I've never seen Top Gun. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I told you that before. She's like, no, you didn't. And I'm like, well, okay, maybe not, because why would I just bring up a... I've never seen this one random movie out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> why, but... would, why would I lie about that? Yeah, so we did watch it, and again, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. It was much better than I was anticipating. Um, you know, I, I'm not... I don't like, uh, well, like you, you mentioned, Mike, it was a great recruiting thing for the Navy. I'm not always a big fan of things that are kind of propaganda pieces, um, you know, where it's like a movie that's just there to make you like, cheer for like fighting in the wars and things like that. So I wasn't sure how I would feel about it. Um, but no, it, it was it works. It's fun. Um, there's there's really good drama. There's a I think the love story is a bit forced though like they really like some of the the sequences like him riding the motorcycle um they feel very 80s you know like real cheesy and it's hard for me but Corey, you love the 80s so those things i might do work i was for just you. thinking that <laughs> and i was like oh you hate them you hate the 80s so bad yep so mikey it's interesting you bring up the um the anti-war sentiment because there's a few and i'd, I'd have to dig up the imdb trivia it's on there, and that's where I picked up on it. Um, a few, more than a few actors that didn't want to be involved and didn't want to have the role because they felt it was very, like you said, propagandish, and they just didn't, they wouldn't want to have anything to do with it, and so they didn't take the roles. I yeah. wish I could remember who it was. Yeah, I mean, we could, but it, it's, it's out there, people, if you want to find they're, it. They're, yeah, they're, they're alone in their room with their principals. <laughs> that hit song um yes all right so that's mike and my uh my number two top gun from 1986 um and i think we're both i think we've said enough about that so Corey, what is your number two wait don't don't i go? wait you went i thought number two was top gun <laughs> oh yeah i thought i could go again <laughs> stop oh, oh my god you're greedy mike <laughs> It's okay. All right, Corey, what's your number uh, two? Um, my number. If you if you watch Top Gun, you would understand the feeling. <laughs> I'm gonna start singing some really bad '80s mu music song to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to hear that. I'm not a very good singer. <laughs> um, my number two is 1988's The Rain Man. Ah, okay. Now John, we get to talk. You go first, though. Um, I haven't seen this movie in a really, really, really long time. I'm pretty sure it was one of my mom's favorites because. Um, we've talked about this before, but my whole family gets on kicks where they'll watch a movie over and over and over again until everyone else hates it. Um, and this was one of those movies. What I remember most about it is how mean Tom Cruise's character, Charlie, was to what ends up being his autistic older brother. That always stuck out to me, but, um, I didn't know know until today that this was the highest grossing film of 1988 oh interesting i didn't and, know that. 
Yeah. Um, and Dustin Hoffman won uh, an Academy Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role for this movie. That um, I recall. Oh, go ahead. What? I just said I recalled that. Um, I... Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It was also uh, nominated I for Best like... Director for Barry Levinson. Um, best Screenplay. It won, I'm sorry, for both uh, Director, um, Actor, as you just said. Best Screenplay. And... It says there were four winners. What am I missing? Um, oh, it won Zimmer, Best Picture. Re- oh, okay. Uh, um, it- I feel like I need to rewatch this one because it has been a very, 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 very long time. Um, and I think that it would mean a lot more to me now as an adult that, you know. Um, but just that he kind of kidnaps his brother to try to get... The inheritance that his dad left. Definitely, yeah. To him. And what a cad. Yeah. And that he ends up realizing that who he called as a child Rain Man was actually Raymond. I don't remember why Raymond got put into the home. Um, I don't either. Uh well, didn't he burn? Um, like he put him in a hot bathtub. Like Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I recall now, it's I want to point out because you got to do your little backstory. I have a similar backstory. I saw this as a kid, and I definitely I've seen it more than once. Um, I don't remember the last time I watched it though, and I think I was still too young to get everything that the movie was talking about. I bought it not too long ago, and as we mentioned earlier, um, sometimes we buy movies and they just sit there. So it's sitting. I can see it right here. It's next to Primal Fear that I bought because of one of the other top five lists. Mike had Primal Fear on his list, and I bought that. Um, I bought them at the same time because they were in a bin at Target. And uh, I've been meaning to rewatch it because I, I also think that I will have the, mo- the movie will mean more to me now than it did when I was a kid. Although I still got a lot about it when I was a kid, you know. And um, knowing who Dustin Hoffman is as an actor and then, you know, remembering his performance. And obviously, there are a lot of uh, this movie's been referenced and parodied in tons of other films, um, you know, definitely Rayman, you know, uh, definitely, definitely Wapner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. And then like, I only get my underwear from Kmart and things like that, you know. Those are <laughs> um, things that I, how, I've always remembered. How is it from. going to now? And yeah, and, well, and then uh, oh, no. The Hangover completely parodies the scene from this. Um, it's referenced early in the movie, The Hangover. He says, you know, well, Rain Man did it, and he was, I'm not going to say what Zach Galifianakis says, but um, later on in the film, he here he comes down the escalator you know, sh- iconic shot from Rain Man of Tom Cruise and, and him coming down the escalator and then him counting cards. Um, they recreate that whole sequence in in The Hangover just because, again, it's an iconic film moment. Um, it's a very memorable scene. And so this film, well, it's my number five and it's Corey's number two. It is a film that, despite not having seen it in a long time, uh, has stuck with me. And I did see this in the theater, um, too, when I was six years old, apparently. So, you know much like we've said this on this uh, podcast many times, maybe why we're all so obsessed with movies is because we were taken to films way too young. Uh, <laughs> and so Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> we were brought up on movies <laughs> essentially. So right. yeah, Rayman's right. not, there were no, there weren't any boundaries no. in my house really. Nope. Like sometimes if there was a sex scene, it was like, cover your eyes, you know? I mean, um, one of my regular rewatching movies as a kid and this, I had to be, 
I was <laughs> under nine because we lived in an apartment, my mom and me by, my, by ourselves until I was nine. And we moved in with my grandparents. So I know I was still living at that apartment and I used to watch Police Academy all the time. Like I had the VHS of Police Academy. And there is a nude like uh, bonfire sequence where everyone's <laughs> just like running around topless. And, and I, I watch this movie, like I rewatch Police Academy all the time. So yeah, no boundaries. Um, uh, I'm just re- uh, having the the, flat, the, the blue ca- clam scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> yep so that's uh rain man i i, I don't have a, a whole lot to say about it um it has a 65 metacritic um an eight user score and obviously it won best picture that year so it had um a lot of a reception at the time um and just this quick summary from imdb selfish yuppie charlie ba- uh, babbitt's father left a fortune to his savant brother raymond and a pittance a pittance to charlie i don't know if that's saying that right um, and they travel cross country and cause he's getting him to sign over all the money. Um, and it stars, as we said, Dustin Hoffman, Tom Cruise, Valerie Galino. And that's pretty much the only people that I recognize. Um, this is an 88 movie. So maybe there's people who are more relevant than I recall, but yep. Those are the people that, that I recall. So we'll go with that. And it, it's definitely it's listed as a drama there's some very emotional scenes um it's it's really good i, I need to rewatch it soon though so Corey, you got anything else to add nope. all right mikey um well i guess no it's me i, it's, it's, I actually oh you want to add I something i have to admit this is a huge gap in my viewing oh i'm <gasps> only aware of the film i know it exists <laughs> i just never Really watch it. I know the, the little things. Like anytime we're driving, I start looking at signs and reading them out loud. I'm like, oh, I'm Rain Manning. Um, oh. But anyway, maybe one of these days I'll watch it. That's funny that you've, you've quoted it several times during this episode. <laughs> you've never seen it. Um, nope. All right. Well, uh, then I guess we're to me now. Um, and it's uh, Corey's turn uh, to piggyback off of mine because my number one uh, Tom Cruise movie is Vanilla Sky. Um, Now, this movie has a 45 on Metacritic, a a 6.9 IMDb user score, and I don't have the Rotten Tomato listings in front of me. Um, It is a remake of Open Your Eyes, uh, which is a Spanish film that, uh, interestingly enough, both films star Penelope Cruz. Um, She's in both of the movies, so that's uh, not common. Um, Cameron Diaz is also in Vanilla Sky, Kurt Russell, uh, Jason Lee, who Mike and I are fans of because of our Kevin Smith, um, you know, fondness. Kurt Russell's in it? Kurt Russell's in it um, as McCabe, huh. um, Noah Taylor, Timothy Spall, who you will recognize as, um, oh, I forgot his name. Weren't oh, he's in Harry Potter movies. Um, crap, he's also in um, the Rock Star. Uh, Tilda Swinton's in this. Michael Shannon. Um, Jeez. But it's because a lot of people aren't in the movie very long. Johnny Galecki uh, is in this film. I'm looking. Anybody else? No, Kurt Russell's his uh, McCabe is his um, lawyer. Oh, I didn't say what he was. Did, I oh, just, sorry, somebody. Thought I said that. McCabe. That's it. Um, okay. Ken Long, who is in, I think it's pronounced Long, is in Lost. Um, so I know him from that. Um, Conan O'Brien apparently is in it. I don't remember his his cameo. Um, now, much like other movies on this list, I have only seen this once. Same. Um, I watched it a couple years ago and. I was very taken by it, kind of the same way The Matrix and Fight Club uh, took me. 
as it, it is a mind-expanding film. Um, the concepts and the themes that the film discusses are thought-provoking. Um, it deals a lot with lucid dreams. Uh, Mike, have you ever seen Vanilla Sky? Uh, only bits of month now. Okay. The, the, Not really. The premise, basically, if I recall correctly, um, is that he uh, he's unhappy with his life, um, and he, he doesn't want... I can't remember exactly the reasoning, but I know he goes into this volunteered, like, lucid dream state, very much like the Matrix. Like, he enters a machine where his, mm-hmm. um, his life is lived there. So it's... Uh, the IMDb plot summary is a self-indulgent and vain publishing mag- uh, magnate finds his privileged life upended after a vehicular accident with a resentful lover. Um, and he's, his face is injured. And there's so many things in the movie that hint at the uh, the big twist at the end and those things I, I picked up on and I really enjoyed that. Um, the visuals are really stunning. It's a compelling concept. It is directed by Cameron Crowe again. So Mike, I am surprised you haven't seen this. Um, and it's one that I, I not only want to rewatch, but I also want to watch um, the original, the Open Your Eyes. And that's something I'm planning on doing. I know Open Your Eyes was on Stars or something not long ago and I wanted to watch it and oh, I didn't I get to it. it. It might still be on demand. I'm not sure, but um, it's one that I, I really do want to get to, and I want to rewatch this one because again, it's list. I'm listing it as my favorite because of all the movies I enjoyed it the most. But as you can tell, I'm stuttering to get through this review because I don't remember it as well as I want. I remember my reaction to it, and I remember feeling really compelled by it, um, and feeling very you know my my brain was just like wandering with all these questions, and I was like, oh my god, lucid dreams. That's such a cool concept. But Corey just watched it, so Corey, what do you have to add? I did. Um, I watched this because a good friend has been telling me that I need to watch this because it's one of her favorite movies um, for a couple of years. And to gear up for this because I didn't have a lot, a large pool to pull from. But um, one of my favorite scenes in this, I didn't pick up on all of the all of the different visuals, but I did pick up on their and I'm forgetting their names right now. Uh, Penelope Cruz and Tom Cruise are walking down the street like arm in arm Mm -hmm. and it's like a mimic of uh the album cover for freewheeling bob dylan oh okay Hmm. and i thought that was really cool um did you know that because you know that album or because the movie does show you that album it shows you that at the end but i know it from seeing the album so much like Ah. i'm not really a bob dylan fan but it's an iconic um, album cover. True, but I wouldn't have known it was Bob Dylan. Like I knew I'd seen it oh. before, but I didn't know it was a Bob Dylan album. And then again, like they, you said, they show it in the movie, but I did pick up on it. <laughs> like I was, fam- I'm like that looks familiar. And they then, did a really good job making it so familiar and um, organic. I had to look up the album cover, the album title now because I don't even know the album but, title. Like, but how it just yeah. kind of uh, fits into the, it, the scene, it, like it's it just yeah. it's so natural. Yes, it worked so well. And then I was like, maybe that's just coincidence. But then at the end, boom. Um, I don't like Cameron Diaz, like, at all. I think that she is obnoxious. Normally. So obnoxious. I liked her in the movie until she became Cameron Diaz. Oh, I don't... She became obnoxious. Mm, Like, she was kind of low-key, quiet, kind of, like, subdued. Like, you know, throughout most of the film and then... There's the part where he's thinking, and I'm forgetting all their names, but Penelope Cruz, but then it ends up being Cameron Diaz, and then she starts being like her loud, obnoxious, in-your-face <laughs> self. 
No, Sorry they, to all the Cameron Diaz fans. This is prior to Night and Day, right? Because I've not seen Night and Day. My wife has, and she liked that mm. one. Uh, I, do, I don't know yeah, that one. Night and Day is a um, action comedy, I think, with Cameron mm-hmm, Diaz mm-hmm. and him. Um, that is from. Wait a minute. No way is it that old. Hold on. Where is it? I'm not seeing it. I saw it earlier. Where is it? Oh, there it is. They changed the album or the poster for it. 2010. Yeah. So this is nine years before that. Um, yeah. But um, overall, Corey, you like Vanilla Sky, obviously. Yeah, I did. I feel like um, I need to rewatch it so I can see some of those things that are happening. Um, to be a little more aware. I don't know how I'll feel since I know the end now, but um, I liked it a lot. Well, there you go, uh, and it's one that I I also well, want Jason to. Jason Lee and I. Oh uh, yeah. I I liked him a lot in this. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Jason Lee fan. Uh, limited this to Cameron Crowe, Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> Wait, much. you haven't seen this one, <laughs> am I? Um, all right, so that's my number one. That was Corey. What number was Vanilla Sky for you? Um, that was my number three. Okay, and we're going to Mike's number one, which must be, if I'm not mistaken, The Outsiders. That is correct. Let me get my tank top. <laughs> oh, wait, you can't see that. That doesn't Thank work. God. No. All right. Um. <laughs> what? Oh. Dare you body shame me? Not nice. <laughs> I'm not body shaming. I don't want to call see. Call out, Mike. <laughs> Do what? She said, Do "Call what? me out." I'm putting this on video Skype now. <laughs> oh. Oh gosh. Now look what you did. <laughs> All right. So oddly enough. Oddly enough, this is weird, unless something was messed up, but uh, my number one pick, The Outsiders, 65% ret- fresh rating, does not seem correct. 7.2 IMDb rating, 38 meta score. It doesn't reflect the, the fact that this is a classic for me. It, maybe it doesn't hold up. For, I don't know. You're, like, you're cutting out, buddy. Hold on. And there was, what's that? You were cutting out a bit there. Say again? You were cutting out oh, a bit. Okay. Am I good? Yeah, you're okay We're now. Good. Yep. Okay, I must be moving around too much. Um, in any case, we we were talking this list prior, you know, to this, and uh, the, there was no question for me as to where this would be on my list and how, how effective this was. He, even though Tom Cruise isn't the primary character, um, there's please, 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 Hollywood, don't ever touch this redo it in any way it doesn't need to be redone it's been done and it it, it holds up so well um all around tom cruise c thomas howell ralph macchio patrick swayze emilio estevez uh who am i missing uh diane lane did you say matt dillon maybe diane lane who? did you say matt dillon i heard diane lane matt dillon i missed matt dillon all, lightning in a bottle cast mm-hmm. um, just the the story everything holds up really well and he was I mean these are these early works that was 83 so that was two yeah, years after Taps Leaf Garrett yep did I not say Leaf Garrett Man, I'm and Tom Waits thought... maybe Who? you did Tom Waits oh I forgot Tom Waits I left him out so, there's so many people uh, Harry is Harry Dean's no no but um, those are your main ca- your main characters are C Thomas Howell which is ironic of all the characters he is the uh, the main character Pony Boy Curtis um, which is you got to note that our rating system not quite Golden Pony Boy is a reference to this story um, and 
Yeah, you have Dallas Winston as Matt Dillon, or Matt Dillon as Dallas Winston, sorry. Ralph Macchio as Johnny Cade. Patrick Swayze as Dan, uh, Daryl Curtis. Rob Lowe as Soda Pop Curtis. Emilio Estevez as 2-Bit. And Tom Cruise as Steve Randall. Uh, the the lamest name of all the characters, by the way, is uh, Tom Cruise's. Um, okay. Uh, sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to, to interject there, but go ahead. No, you're good. Um, I, I don't know that I could really add more to it. I mean... If you haven't already seen The Outsiders or read it, uh, I've got my copy, at least one or two copies of the novel. Uh, you need to. Um, it's It still holds up for me. It's tough to watch. Um, not in a bad way. It's just, just you, get, I get so, you get so involved with these characters and the story and everything that they go through. Um, it's just amazing. And it's never could possibly be done again yeah shouldn't be done again yeah Corey, what number was it for you number four all right so you give your piece and then i want to talk about it for just a minute as well okay um i love the book so much um i like a lot of what surrounded the book too se hinton um i didn't find out until after i read it that she was 15 when she started writing it and she was 17 when it was published um and i'm sure that you guys have heard that her publisher um, suggested that she didn't use her full name so that mm-hmm. male reviewers wouldn't disregard it or just write it off because she's a girl writing this story. So I really wanted, uh, I put it on my list and I need to rewatch it because I've only seen it once. But it, and like so many movies that are based off of books, it just doesn't live up to the book for me. Well, mm. that's the trick is, do you tip, uh, and my thing is now I read after because that's what, what's going to oh, happen. Oh, interesting. Maybe I, know, I should that's, start that's doing usually, that. It's usually it'll only end in tears if you want to read it and then watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, normally, because it's just, it. Well, you just don't have the room in a movie to do everything a book's going to be able to do. Um, so I think that's a really a good approach. Is you watch the movie, you get the short version of it, and if you like it, then you read the book and you get all those extra details that you want. Um, Unless it's a Princess Bride. Hey, hey, Burke. Yo, that's correct. You hey, get another one. Man, oh, I can't wait for the video Skype. So. Um, <laughs> oh gosh! Lies. Um, I, I'm trying to go the opposite now. Um, <laughs> so, I didn't know this movie existed until I was teaching ninth grade English um, several years ago. So probably five or six years ago, uh, six or seven years ago, and um, I was looking at novels in our, our classroom, uh, in our like in our library. I, sh- I should say that I, we had a class set up so I could teach a novel, and I was like, I've never read this. Um, we have stuff for it, and it was approved for ninth grade. And uh, I think the the book we had, I think one of the copies had the movie like art on it. You know how they do that? They republish the book with the oh, movie. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. These are all, like, super famous people that I know, and I've, I didn't, I don't know this movie. So I went looking for it and found it at Walmart uh, easily enough. Um, now, I don't think either one of you mentioned who the director is of this movie. Francis, Francis Ford Coppola. Coppola. Yeah, which... If you're not familiar with that name, he made a horrible vampire movie called Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> but he made an amazing movie called The Godfather um, and some other ones. Uh, but, you know, um, Apocalypse Now is another one that's amazing. So this movie is just above a made-for-TV movie. Like, even though the cast is great... A lot of the dialogue feels like something out of a made-for-TV movie. You know what I'm saying? Like an after-school special type of film. Um, and 
a lot of it does fall to the two weakest links in this movie as far as acting goes. Any guesses? Ralph. Ralph Macchio, who is not a great actor. Let's be real. I love the Karate Kid, but he makes me cringe a lot throughout the three Karate Kid movies with some of the ways he reads dialogue. Almost as much as Luke Skywalker when he says, but I was going to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. Um, he delivers some lines. And see Thomas Howell, um, who is the lead, and he's the weakest link, and that's not going to make for the best movie. That's not that it's a horrible movie, because the story, like you said, Mike, it, even though it's, you know, you have the socias and you have the, the greasers, um, it's, uh, even though those terms are no longer applicable in today's high schools, the atmosphere is. The idea that there's two different social classes, the, the, the kids that have money and the kids that don't. And those themes are universal. Those are always going to stick around. And so that's where this movie really excels. And then uh, you have Matt Dillon's character who is, you know, a man who seems incapable of love yet clearly loves Johnny, you know. And um, there's those there's some really emotionally sad scenes in this movie. And um, you do have some good performance. I actually, I think Rob Lowe as Soda Pop is probably my favorite. Oh, that's right. Forgot, forgot yeah. Rob Lowe. Yeah, and Emilio Estevez um, is probably the funniest character as uh, Two Bit. He's kind of the the crack up in the film. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, Patrick Swayze is basically playing the same guy from Dirty Dancing in a way. Um, I almost want to like put them in a <laughs> universe where like he goes away for like summer camp at this it, place in the Catskills. You know. <laughs> Um, That's it. I'm leaving you guys. I'm abandoning you to be a dance. I, I want to dance. No, he he needs to make money to take care of his family, man, and they they pay a lot there because it's a bunch of rich people. So he dances for all That's the rich right. people, and he and he gives those special lessons. I get yes. it. It's in the same universe. It, it's in the same I'll, universe. I, I allow it. Um, but it's not a perfect movie. It's not on my list. It is uh one of my honorable mentions though. Um, partly though. Do you remember the Tom Cruise backflip? No, off the car. Off, off the, the car. car. It was off the car. <laughs> it is the most out of place. That reminds joke is me. Crazy. It reminds me of the Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> like jumping on the couch. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. He met his Katie. Foreshadowing. Time. I'm wondering now if that's when he met the, the other wife, like that Corey was mentioning. Like <laughs> he, he just got married. He's like, I'm in, I'm so happy. Um, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, also though. <laughs> Um, there has been for a long time speculation of Tom Cruise maybe being gay, like a closeted homosexual, um, and like they, I think, think the rumors have faded at this point. But at some point there was rumor and talk of that, and the character in The Outsiders, there is definitely some you know the whole movie. I mean, it's a it's a group of guys, only three of which are brothers, but there's like six guys that hang out and they kind of rely on each other. It's more like they're all brothers, but because of that, you do have some like homoerotic type content in it and there's a moment with soda pop and his best friend steve that it seemed to allude to that for sure uh i noticed it i don't know if you guys did, ever did, did not, your but. buddy uh quote a lot of this to you too because you know, no but i watched this movie um okay. several times one because i taught it for five english classes so i watched it in each of the english classes and then i i think we watched it my first year teaching tv production I don't remember what the framing was of like why I was showing this particular movie. Because again, I'm not. I don't think you can argue that it's um, a great film in in those you know like technical aspects or even in acting. While you have some great actors, a lot of the dialogue is a little cheesy. But um, 
again, the, the story is so universal that I think it works. And obviously, we do have a great line of Stay Gold, Pony Boy, um, which, uh, oddly enough, first time I ever heard that line was in Step Brothers, um, where Catherine uh, <laughs> Hahn... Catherine Hahn and uh, John C. Riley have an intimate scene in a bathroom and afterwards uh. <laughs> while she's using the urinal and yes I said she is using the urinal mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and no she is not a woman dressed or a man dressed as a woman she is a woman who is using that, a urinal that's a woman um, she uh, she says stay gold pony boy to him and I didn't know what she was talking about <laughs> I hadn't read the book and I hadn't seen the movie yet so I'm like what's that and then oh <laughs> I have you have inspired me to only speak to you in movie quotes. Obscure, yeah. and, and then you just have to work, wonder <laughs> about it. At some point, you will. Well, no, now that I've stated it out loud, you ruined it, Mike. You, you should have just done it. Yeah. Uh, now I'll just have to rework my strategy, and you will never know. Ah, well, there okay. you go. But that uh, that is Mike's number one. The outside. We still have to hear Corey's though, and oh, but you already know what it is. Oh. I've already been being picked on about it for days. Oh yes, I. You know what? It's I have like all these Tom Cruise movies in front of me, and I yes. totally don't have that one. <laughs> so like I, uh, I, uh, are, I. Are you literally swimming around in your Tom Cruise collection uh, right now? I, I am. Yeah. Um, pilot. Like Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. Yes. <laughs> now, um, okay, hold on. Before we Point. get into it, uh, Corey's number one is a movie that I watched last year. I believe within the few days of seeing Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is another movie Corey really liked. Um, and that her number one, I'm going to say it is interview with the vampire. Um, Oh, colon, the vampire chronicles. I did not know it had a colon. Uh, oh, John, get well, with it. Well, how, From how, how else is it going to release the waste if it doesn't have a colon? Oh gosh, what, I can't. What year, Corey? 1994. Okay. I thought you said 92. I was like, no, no. No, 94. <laughs> um, so, I haven't seen this in a while, but I really enjoyed it. I feel like I need to revisit it. Um, I am not really a fan of either Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise. And this was one that they both worked in for me. Um, And also, I love Kirsten Dunst in this. She was fantastic. Um, Yeah. And how old was she? Was she 12? I think think she was was honestly around 12. Yeah, Um, and I also am a weirdie. I love stuff that has to do with the bubonic plague. I just think it's very interesting. So I love that story about her mom. Um, Not that it happened to people. It's just very interesting to me. I was going to say, she's now now on watch list because she's apparently Guys, but apparently the bubonic plague still happens. It can, yeah, but we have conditions and stuff. Um, Don't forget Christian Slater is also in this movie. Um, Yeah, and... I didn't mention him. Nope. Yeah. Yes. As yes. the journalist. You read my mind. Read my mind. Well, he's he's a uh, the framing device oh, for this Anton- movie because this whole yes. and Antonio Banderas who uh, shows up later, but the whole premise of the story is um, uh, Christian Slater's character meets Brad Pitt's vampire character and asks to do an interview, hence the name, and uh, we're hearing about the vampire Lestat who uh, is played by Tom Cruise. That's mm-hmm. that's all I got because yeah, that's that's all you really need to hear. Um, essentially, one, their Victorian-type period, like, attire, and, uh, that wasn't appealing to me. Um, I enjoyed that. I thought they did a great job with the costuming. Well, I think the, uh, critic score and the user score of this movie speak volumes. Um, 59 Metacritic, 
and which isn't bad, mind you, but it's not it's not as strong as the seven point six uh, user review rating. Um, and like, I didn't I don't remember what I rated this. I don't I definitely didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Um, and I did feel like it dragged for a bit. Uh, oh gosh! But I, I'm reading the cast, and I love that one person is just billed as horror oh. on waterfront. Well, yeah, because there's a whole prostitution thing. Yeah. Who's who, who's the one guy that uh, tap danced in Paris? Stephen Ray. Yeah. Okay. Yep, he's listed. I think so. And then Antonio Banderas is like the vampire that uh, Brad Pitt mm-hmm. finds later. Um, who wants that begat Lestat? Yeah, who wants to kill the girl? Um, because she is a freak. They're not supposed to turn young children. It's vampire rules. You can't break vampire rules, guys. Come for you. Gosh, I'm vampires on. even have rules. Okay, well, I mean, they have a lot of like big rules. Like you can't go out during the day. <laughs> what? Uh. I know, right? Um, so you just live in Alaska if you're a vampire. But which I think oh, for thirty days. I think that's the movie Thirty Days and Thirty Nights. Um, I need everyone. Which I've heard Wait, is good. No, what? No, Thirty Days of Thirty Days of Night. Thirty I Nights. Know. Thirty Days. Yes, Thirty something. Mm-hmm. It's something like that. Um. All right, so Corey, what do you like about this movie? That like, what stands out to it? Like, that makes it your number one. Corey, sorry, I'm yeah. here. Um, <laughs> I mute in between so that I'm not like absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. I don't like Tom Cruise. I don't know why you guys made me make this list. Um, I'm kidding. I liked a lot about it but i do like vampire movies which is where you and i differ differ um and this was one of my favorites for a long time um and i really like the time periods that it takes place throughout um tom cruise is crazy and jealous in this movie um and i like that brad pitt's character louis is supposed to like balance that out um He's supposed to be the more, more, like, calm, cool, collected, like, even tempered. Um, I also like the um, scene a lot where, because he's a, um, he owns a plantation. And they end up finding out, I'm pretty sure through, um, sorry, Brad, uh, Tom Cruise's character, that they're vampires. So he, like, frees all of his slaves. And then he just sets his mansion on fire with candelabras curtains and i just think there are a lot of really cool scenes in the movie um so yeah now i will admit i am not always a fan of vampire movies however it is not necessarily a a sign that i won't like a movie as there like i love um both versions of fright night one the original and the remake and i do love the original dracula and i like blade so we did a whole episode on our vampire movies so if you'd like to go back and check that out listener um but Corey's number one, Interview with a Vampire. Mike, do you have any comments on Interview with a Vampire? Um, I like one of the things that, and I was just thinking on this, is despite how, da- well, they're all damaged in some way. Every <laughs> single one of them. Lestat, Louis. Oh my gosh, I've forgotten Kirsten Dunst's character. Yeah, I don't remember name. her name. Um, L- little and, Vampire. Yes, we Little Vampire, Armand, uh, all of them. In one way or another, they have... Claudia. And, uh, Claudia, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. What have you done? Um, 
and I, I think, and I think some people may have thought had a, a moment where they think having wouldn't it be amazing to be and and doesn't Christian Slater's character kind of do this? I I want to be a vampire, but that still doesn't take away, you know, their 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 faults. It, it maybe like yeah. it amplifies them. It makes it worse. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you know, Louis becomes much more, and Lestat hates hates that part of him where he's kind of wallowing in his misery still. Yeah. Um, that's other kind of, he's, he lives for his excess. Um, Armand seems sort of balanced, I guess. Maybe he's not nearly as damaged. It's just like, no matter how bad off they are, it get worse. And it does for them. Yeah. Uh, Claudia loses her mom and does inherit a family, but, then she's forever stuck as a and, uh, child, which is a pivotal scene. And she wants, you know, she she's not nearly as powerful as them uh, by design. And, it, you know, it ultimately leads to her ruin or death. All right. Oh, go ahead, Corey. I was just going to say, I love that scene, too, where she's trying to cut her hair. And when she's, like, locked in the tower with uh. that woman that's like her caregiver kind of mm-hmm. there, i just think there are so many good scenes in the movie there are um i don't i don't know it just there was some something about it just felt like there's like an element of cheese to me like the whole thing like there's an air of this oh yeah silliness definitely. yeah and i i think that's what i think if it felt more like it took itself seriously it would i would have enjoyed it more um mm-hmm. and i think that was what didn't resonate well, and- with me Anne Rice approved of it, didn't she? I think so. I, I think she was pleased with it. So that's probably what she was going for. I actually haven't read the novel. I haven't. I, had, uh, I think I might have had oh, Memnock the Devil, which is further along in this series. But I don't remember having I uh, owned, the original. At least I owned, I don't know if I still have it or not, Queen of the Damned. Um, because of the Jonathan Davis connection, Jonathan Davis wrote all the songs and performed all the songs for Queen of the Dam. That was when Lestat was actually the songs are pretty good. Um, the issue and Aaliyah's in it. Aaliyah's in it, but oh, uh, poor lady, it's gone. Um, Jonathan Davis wasn't allowed to be on the soundtrack though because his contract was with a different label, and so uh, the label that was yeah. issuing the soundtrack would not uh, allow it. So you got these really cool um, crossovers where Jonathan wrote the songs, but he brought in. Sam Rivers from Limp Bizkit to do a lot of the bass lines. And then on the soundtrack, he brought in different singers for each of the songs. So Marilyn Manson did one. David from Disturbed did Ooh. one. Chester Bennington from Linkin Park did one. And Wayne Static from Static X did one. Uh, rest in peace. Um, and so yeah, that this is not relevant to this topic at all. But that's why I owned that movie was because I was a big Jonathan Davis fan, big Korn fan, and that whole scene. So... Um, and the songs are are good. It's not the it's not a great movie though. Um, so I assume Anne Rice novels are kind of bad, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> now he, I want to do something slightly different. Usually, right now, this is where we do our honorable mentions, and we will. But first, I want to note some of the big Tom Cruise movies that w- weren't on our list to see if any of us have seen them. Is that are you guys okay if we do that? Yeah. So I'm sure. just going to name some of the movies that I think are like big movies, um, and you say if you've seen it or not. Okay. Um, let's start down here on the bottom. Risky business. Ding, 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 ding. 
So not you, since a small child. I think I've seen parts of it as a young person. I've not seen it all the way through. Um, all the right moves. Mm, I, no. All right, Legend. Mm-mm. I've seen at least a few moments of that movie, but not much. Uh, the Color of Money. Yeah, that's about. Mm-mm. No, I have that one on my list though. Um, cocktail. Okay. No, not since a small child. I saw this as my mom was a bartender, not like that, but th- she was a bartender, and <laughs> so we went and saw Cocktail when I was a kid. I was six because it came out the same year as Rain Man. <laughs> I then went home and wanted to be a flair bartender like the guy in the movie. Yes. So I was flipping bottles in my mom's house. Like I, I think they were just empty wine bottles, but. You'll never oh, guess this. A six-year-old totally dropped the bottle. Yeah, I'm, we're learning. I had a rough childhood in a different way than other people. Oh, God. Um, I was not supervised uh, <laughs> properly, but so I did shatter a bottle trying to be a flair bartender. Um, all right, uh, born on the Fourth of July. Not since a small I child. saw it as a small child as well yeah. in the theater, and I still have never been able to understand what was going on with his penis. Um, if you recall. <laughs> Well, oh he's paralyzed, and he's he's former. He's a veteran. That's um, and there's a scene where he's in the bathroom, and he has like this. There's like a cord, like it's like a rubber band looking thing with a bead at the end, and it was supposed to be how he goes to the bathroom. But I, as a kid, all I could think of was like, is that his penis now? Like, what is no. what's happening? <laughs> I was so confused. And I've never seen it again, so I'm still confused. I don't know. I'm sure I sound crazy. I that's a vivid memory I have of like that's being. That's what you took away. I was horrified. Story. Horrified about like I don't want to no, go to war the, and lose my not penis. The like horrors, not the horrors <laughs> of the treatment of the veterans on their return from Vietnam. I was seven years old, Mike. Bodily functions. Se- no, seven years old, afraid of having my penis blown off. That's what that was. All oh, right. God. Um, Days of Thunder. You know what? You know what? You could have drowned those those worries away with your flair bartending. <laughs> if I hadn't broke the bottle. Um, Days of <laughs> uh, Days of Thunder. No. Mike, have you seen Days of Thunder? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I saw that one too. I have a top wheel is what I called it. I remember trying to play the video game on Nintendo and it being like many Nintendo games not functional. You know what I mean? Like you get the Nintendo game and like <laughs> one level works and you're not supposed to get past it. Um that was that game to me. Um Far and Away? No. Yes. Oh, you've seen it? Yeah. Yes. Well, there's a huge delay here then cuz like I say it and there's like silence. So <laughs> you have seen uh I, Far and I Away? Said yes. All right, a few good what? men? Yes. Oh, gosh. Uh, not since a kid. I've, I've never seen Just it. I saw Although, that a few weeks ago. I do know the line. What? I've never seen it. I know, obviously, the Jack Nicholson scene. Um, the Firm? Okay, so no? Yes. Okay. Same. Dang it, Mike. You are on a huge delay. <laughs> um. Really? I'm sorry. Yeah, that proved it, because that was like a 30-second gap between my statement to your sorry. Um, Magnolia. Yes. Man, Mike, you I seen... tried watching it. Mike, I feel like you need to redo your top five list. Uh, he's like, he's like, he sounds normal to me. Okay, well then maybe I'm just on the delay and you guys are both delayed. I don't delayed. know. All right, Eyes Wide Shut? Nope. Yes. I've seen part of. Um, Minority I Report? Minority uh, Report? Yes. I've seen, yes. and that is another Spielberg, if I'm not mistaken, um, collaboration with Tom Cruise. Um, I liked it. I just have only seen it once, and so it did. it is an honorable mention for me. Um, 
we already said the last samurai collateral with jamie fox and tom cruise that's the negative ghost rider the pattern is full i've seen that one war of the worlds yes yep i just watched that one today i did like that one um tropic thunder which he's only a cameo Uh, but he's hilarious in that that almost made my top five um but I bumped it down. But it's so, he is so perfect in that role. It's so funny. Uh, Rock of Ages. No. Negative. I've seen it. Um, I It got hated on quite hard. And Chris Hardwick actually uh, was the, the character that Tom Cruise plays. His name is Stacey Jacks. The original uh, performance of, of Rock of Ages, Chris Hardwick, was Stacey Jacks. Um, which I, I like cool. knowing that. Yeah. And I like the movie. It's not perfect. It's It's... You know, it's a musical, so it has moments, but, um, and it's definitely a tribute to like 80s rock and roll. Um, and the last one that we haven't mentioned at all is Has any of you seen Jack Reacher? Negative. All right. So we've seen, uh, Mike, you've seen a lot of his bigger movies and they didn't make your top five. Um, what do you got for honorable mentions? Uh, my honorable mentions, let me go back. Did I close my, oh, good. Uh, Tropic Thunder was my first one. Edge of Tomorrow, we already talked about. War of the Worlds, Magnolia, and Whiskey Business. See? All right. That's a lot of them are there. I have The Outsiders, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, and Minority Report. Um, and I, I'll add War of the Worlds because I just saw that today and I did like it. So, um, Corey, do you have any honorable mentions or are you tapped? <laughs> I'm tapped. All right. Well, um, going back to War of the Worlds, and, and you brought up the point, and I should have interjected at that point, but the character he plays is so opposite from what you would see a Hollywood I yeah. mean, the guy is kind of like a deadbeat dad, but then ends up being, I mean, I would like to think if something like that happens, I could be, be that dad that's, because it's yeah. horrifying. And I mean, at one point, you've, he feels he's lost his son, which is heartbreaking, and then he almost loses his daughter, uh, but he pulls through, and but is a very everyday kind of guy who can't quite get it right but he does when it counts yeah and um i i was there was a lot of good in that movie um i i didn't like the story more so than anything like how the aliens lose i didn't i didn't like but that was it makes sense that's how it was okay what do you mean how it was are you basing on the source in material the, in the original story i don't know the, the source story. material um i know of the source material but i've never read it so i'm not familiar with how it ends um, so that's my point. I don't think I have an issue with the movie. I think I have an issue with the story. And I assumed it was, if it was based off of the, the original novel that maybe I have an issue with the novel and not with the movie, but like, I just, it felt, it kind of feels like a cop out. Like it makes sense. Like, I'm not even saying it doesn't make sense. It just, when the, this, it was so dire in that movie, like, whereas like, there's no way we can win. And then we still win. It feels like it's a cheat. You know what I mean? Well, you are going to have to take that up with um... oh my gosh, Spielberg. Who's the author? Oh, I think Orson. No, Orson Welles no. narrated it. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I stopped myself because I was like, "Oh, it's not." He didn't. Jeez, uh, I should know it, but I failed. <laughs> well, anyways, because we talked about Tom Cruise for so long tonight that it has tainted my brain function. And, um, yeah, and well, actually, too, because that was a TV series, um, uh, syndicated TV series a long time ago. And I'm trying to think, it had the one guy that was in Predator, and I can't remember his name. He wasn't one of the main actors, Dolph Lundgren. Um, uh, no, he was not in Predator. I, well, okay, what? 
H.G. Wells. You're going to have to take that up with H.G. Wells, sir. That's who it is, yeah. Um, um, but uh, that that 80s War of the Worlds TV series um, was doing some really different stuff because it was pretty, I felt kind of gory. But, of course, this is a decade that had Freddy's Nightmares and Tales from the Crypt and Tales from the Dark Side. And yeah. Maybe the 80s weren't as sheltered as I want to think but it was. I, I will say uh, War of the Worlds was very good. Um, I don't think it... The story was my issue with it more than anything, um, but yeah. like the performances were good. Dakota Fanning was really good, although a little annoying at times, but understandably so. Um, and I, you know, just uh, I, Morgan Freeman is the narrator, right? Like at the opening cool. and closing. Correct. Yeah. Um, which, man, you're really going for those. That's correct. Yeah, I'm knocking them out, man. You're, you're. I think you're down to your socks. So. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Corey. It's time for you I to think, leave the I podcast. Think Corey now. has passed out. <laughs> I have. I'm like, I, I need food, guys. <laughs> oh, it's time to go. Me too. I haven't eaten. All right, guys. Yeah. That's our episode. Um, we would love to hear your top five. What are your favorite Tom Cruise movies? Is uh, are you shocked at our list? Um, do you like Tom Cruise? Because Corey sure doesn't. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey. At Corey R Star. Two R's on the end. And Mikey. At server monkey. And you can also email us. Um, our, there will be links on the site. Uh, thank you for listening. Please tell your friends about us. Share it on your social media. Um, help us spread the word about Burke Reviews. And um, we are frequently adding articles on the page. We just had an article drop on Saturday. Um, Netflix Deep Dive for the month of June. Uh, where our writer Richard Gomez goes through and discusses um, each genre that are on Netflix and a movie from that genre that he wants, he thinks you should watch. And I thought it was a, it's a really cool article. There's a few on there that I haven't seen, like Midnight Meat Train, uh, Timer, Ooh. and um, oh, there was one more that I was really excited to watch. I was surprised to see is on Netflix. Cannot think of what it is right now, but check that out. That's on BerkReviews.com. Um, and I'm constantly reviewing films. I recently just reviewed Wonder Woman, um, and I will be reviewing The Mummy. And uh, it comes out at night. It's at night. Corey, what's that movie called? Yep, it comes um It comes at night. It comes oh at my night. God. It comes at night, yeah. I, I added too many words. An A24 film, so I'm oh. very excited about that. A24, uh, nice. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that comes I out. Need to, I need to finalize my misbegotten masterpiece. You do? Uh, I had one started, but I'm going to change it. Oh, okay. Well, let me know when mm. that's ready, and I'll get that posted. Until next time, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Peace, everybody. Bye. Stay gold, point of blood.